Bowl. Get ready to roll indeed. What's up, K-State fans? Welcome to the 2022 Bowl edition of College and Kimball. I'm your host, Justin Nutter. Uh, flying solo this week as Jeff was caught up in the craziness that is adult life in the holiday season. Um, that said, we've still got uh, plenty of Big 12 Bowl info coming your way here. Obviously, appreciate you guys listening in this season. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at college under, underscore Kimball. Uh, guys, it's definitely been an interesting season for the Big 12. Uh, saw some perennial powers kind of fall back to the middle of the pack. You know, we saw a coach run the table in the regular season, in his first regular season in, uh, Sunny Dykes at TCU, uh, getting the conference back into the playoff. Uh, you know, but most importantly for K-Staters, we saw, we saw Kleiman's Wildcats hand TCU their first loss to claim their third Big 12 title in program history and just their first since 2012. I know I haven't had the chance to talk to you guys since that game. Uh, that fourth quarter definitely took a few years off my life. But, I mean, it was damn nice to see K-State bring home some hardware. Now, looking ahead to the Big 12 Bowl slate here, uh, the Big 12 has uh, eight games coming up over the next ten days, so uh, pretty well jam-packed in here. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it makes that conference title a little bit sweeter, just knowing it came in a year that 80% of the conference going bowling, just uh, just West Virginia and Iowa State missing the cut this year. Um, but as we look at these bowl games, got some pretty intriguing matchups coming down the pipe. And uh, as K-State fans know, some really marquee opponents as well. And to take us through the Big 12 Bowl slate, we are joined by Calvin Johnson of the Three Man Rush podcast, uh, national college football podcast, who uh, does some pretty damn good work, especially in the Big 12. Guys, go ahead and give him a follow at uh, at number three man rush FB on Twitter. Calvin, really appreciate you taking the time, man. Hey, thanks, man. It's, it's a good time, you know, and you guys reached out to us. We were pretty excited to be able to go on another podcast and just kind of talk about the Big 12. We love the Big 12 more than any other conference. So this is really exciting stuff for us. Yeah. So before we get into the bowl slate, you know, that's, uh, you know, speaking as someone with skin in the game, that K State TCU Big 12 championship game, you know, that one took years oh. off my life, the fourth quarter yeah. in particular. Like, as as happy I am for Max Duggan and his comeback story, I'm I'm really happy to never have to play that guy, you know, play against that guy again. Just what were kind of your kind of your takeaways as someone, you know, maybe a little more neutral than someone wearing purple. Uh, I, I'll say I, I had flashbacks to the year before. Uh, being that close in that exact same end zone is is obviously something that I I never want to re, relive, and I had to relive it for all my my TCU fans. Uh, good for them; they're going to the Big Twelve champion or they're going to the Final Four, but. Uh, but yeah, that that was my first thought was immediately last year where Oklahoma State couldn't punch it in from the one. And then you guys, of course, you guys got the better end this year and, and, and got to get, be the Big 12 champions, which is good. That, that's good for you guys. That, that's good for your recruiting and stuff. So real excited for you guys. But yeah, from an outside perspective, all I thought about was last year. I'll be honest. Yeah, guys, for everyone listening at home, Calvin is an uh, Oklahoma State fan. So yeah, the, coming right down to that last yard last year against Baylor, you know, I can certainly understand how that one would be tough to chew on, you know, and I, that, that's not one you let go of anytime soon. No, not at all. So uh, I guess the other question stemming from this year's game is, you know, it didn't, it's almost seemed like a foregone conclusion that TCU was still going to be in the playoff. I mean, I think anyone that, you know, had paid any ounce of attention felt they deserved to be there. I mean, were you at all surprised to see how that shook out? No, I, we had a conversation before, I think, I believe on one of our podcasts, I think if it was anything over 10 points of a K-State victory, I was, going to be a little worried for TCU. I think it seemed like the committee, and this may have just been us being Big 12 fans and seeing the Big 12 be screwed over and over again, 
it, it seemed like they were itching to get the Big 12 out of it. It seemed like they didn't want TCU in for some reason. Maybe that's just, you know, bias on our end, thinking that that's what they think. But I was worried. I, I was really worried that if TCU doesn't take care of business, then obviously they got it closer at the end. It didn't matter. But, yeah, I, I, I'm good to see TCU in and, and really excited to see what they get to do against Michigan this year. Yeah, definitely. And we'll we'll get into that game and that matchup here a little later. But uh, let's go ahead and just go down the list here. Kicking things off, Baylor against Air Force in the Armed Forces Bowl, uh, December 22nd, 6.30 p.m. in Fort Worth. Uh, Baylor uh, started the season 6-3. and three. Uh, They looked, you know, pretty good early on. But, you know, when it became apparent they weren't going to be able to just ground and pound and just run people to death like, you know, like yeah. – they did the last couple of years. Uh, they really kind of faltered down the stretch, ended up dropping three and finishing six and six. You know, they had uh, had TCU on the ropes there in their last home game. So, I mean, it's not like they went down without a fight, but they just weren't, weren't able to close out games toward the end of the year. Uh, I guess, you know, what do you see from this nine and three from this Air Force team? And, you know, what, what can we expect? You know, what can we expect in the Big 12 opener here? Uh, I'll be honest, you know, Air Force doesn't throw the football a ton. Uh, they'll be a ground and pound. I think there'll be a lot of rushing yards. So if you're a betting man and you want to go over total rushing yards, I would hit it 1000%. I haven't seen the total, but I would almost do it immediately. Uh, I, I, I really think that Baylor will take care of business. Air Force is a good football team, but you know, Baylor, as you said, they, they didn't go down without a fight and they went into Norman. Norman, of course, OU wasn't a good as team this year as they have been in the past, but they still are a good team at home. And you know, they went in there, they took care of business. They beat them on the ground. They, like they have all year. And, um, It'll be interesting. Blake Shapin, I, I was almost expecting to take forward, and it, it's not like he developed into anything. It, it's almost kind of what would have been expected before the Big 12 championship game and before he really stepped into that role. That's what I would have expected from Shapin. But since he, he took over that role and, and really was a leader last year, I know Oklahoma State you know, fell due to their own devices, but you know, Shapin seemed to be a leader, and I thought he was going to take a step forward on the field as well, and it just wasn't as big a deal as, as I thought it would be. Squirrel, the running back for Baylor, I think he's going to be a big part, big factor into this one. It, it'll just be interesting because it, it all depends on it all depends on Air Force's defense, I think. I think Baylor is, is a good team. They just ran into a couple buzzsaws here and there. Oklahoma State, geez, Oklahoma State at the end of the year, if you would have told me they would beat Baylor at the end of the season the way they beat them at the beginning of the year, I would have never saw that one coming. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Baylor's a good football team despite that six and six record you see on them I think they'll win this one probably 35 21 if I were to take a guess Baylor currently listed as a uh, four point favorite in that one and I can yeah. tell you playing a service academy in a bowl game is not all it's cracked up to be K-State yeah. drew Navy in the uh, Liberty Bowl a couple of years ago and even Chris Kleiman said at the time you know you end up having to abandon a lot of your practice you know your typical practice routine to essentially install a whole new defense for that freaking yeah. triple option so yeah um, it's it's definitely a challenge playing against those service academies. Um, moving on to uh, Oklahoma State, who you just mentioned in the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Uh, that'll be on December 27th. Kind of a late kick, 9.15 p.m. in Phoenix. Uh, Oklahoma State, again, kind of like Baylor, you know, started out pretty hot. They kind of looked like the class of the Big 12 early in the year and then ended up dropping four of their last five. Uh, they'll be playing a uh, – to finish seven and five, and then they'll be playing a six and six Wisconsin team – who let their coach, Paul Crisco, middle of the season. So, you know, a couple of teams maybe uh, just looking to, you know, get the sour taste out of their mouth to finish this season. What do you see there? Oh, this one's tough. You know, as an Oklahoma State fan, I, I don't know what we're going to see. I, I almost wonder if we're going to see Chase Wolf for Wisconsin. I, I don't know entirely who's going to be starting for them. I really don't know who Oklahoma State's going to start either. I would imagine it's Rangel. 
the freshman is is who I would imagine there. I, I can't see Gunnar Gundy getting the nod. I was actually at K State this year for the Oklahoma State game, and by there I mean I left before half was over. Yeah, so, sorry about yeah. that, man. <laughs> yeah, it was not great. We drove up there a good time, and then immediately was not having fun by the time the game really started. Uh, so I don't. I, this one's tough because with a guy like you said who has skin in the game, I I almost imagine a lot of Oklahoma State fans are just ready for this one to be over, especially with all the recruits that we picked up the last couple of days. This is the game where it's like, okay, this is the end of the bad. This is this is how it, the the season ends here. Let's flush it, get ready for next year. I, I, I can imagine that's what Oklahoma State as a football team is thinking as well. And um, Wisconsin, they've they've got some question marks as well. You know, Graham Mertz isn't going to be there. It'll probably be Chase Wolf, like you said. I, I just don't know. I don't see how Oklahoma State's defense with his uh, drained it's been of all their talent is going to be able to stop anything Wisconsin throws at them. And, and it doesn't even have to be anything special. I, I think it could be something very standard. And I think Wisconsin will win this one late night at uh, the uh, Arizona Diamondback Stadium, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wisconsin currently favored by three and a half in that one. Uh, you guys will notice the trend here. Not a lot of Big 12 favorites coming into bowl season. Yeah. Um, Moving down the list, this one's definitely got some local interest. Uh, KU, uh, in the, in the uh, Liberty Bowl, uh, that'll be on, uh, December 28th, 4.30 p.m. in Memphis. KU Bowl eligible for the first time since the, uh, final year of the Mark Mangino era, 2008, uh, will take on another 6 and 6 team in Arkansas. Obviously, KU, uh, very upstart to start the year, you know, jumped out to that 5 and 1 start, ended up getting over that hump to get to bowl eligibility. Um, you know, I think really kind of took to, took the nation by storm a little bit early in the year. You know, I think if you if you really kind of dissect their schedule, you saw that most of their most winnable games were, you know, early on the schedule. That's not to take away from the fact that they did find that elusive sixth win to get back into a bowl game. And, you know, Arkansas, an opponent that always seems like they come in with higher expectations than they can live up to. You know, right. again, they, uh, you know, they always seem to start that start the year with a number in front of their name, and then they always kind of seem to falter late. So Every I don't year. know what you see here, but uh, does, does KU have a shot to get to – Get to over 500? Uh, I would say no. However, this KU team has been a big talking point on our podcast. Uh, before the season, uh, one of our, one of our guys, Drew, he, he told us that there was no shot that KU would win, would win six games. And you look at their schedule, you look at the way they ended last year, like, oh, absolutely. And, uh, we, he bet that if the Jayhawks got a bowl game, that he would get a, a Jay, Jayhawk tattooed right on his butt cheek. So he's, <laughs> it is happening now. It happened right after the bowl game. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to come with sweet victory for KU. I, I would imagine it's 42 to 30, something along those lines for Arkansas. Um, I think they've got talent. I'll be honest, but I, they're missing something. I'm not exactly, I can't put my finger on what it is they're missing. It could be a, a, a marquee offensive weapon that they need, but they're missing something. They're really close and, and I'm not sure what it is, but I think KU is as fun as it's been. I think their, their run is a little bit over now. Yeah, you know, and I will say this was probably the most interested and definitely the most nervous I've been about the Sunflower Showdown in a, in a <laughs> yeah. long, long time. I mean, it just felt like K-State went out there and sleptwalked to a 30-40 point win there for a while. You know, I know it was a little bit maybe a little bit closer in years past, but this time there was definite stake for both sides and, you know, more than oh, just yeah. bragging rats on the line. So it was good to, case, good to see K-State take care of that one, end up winning it fairly comfortably all said and done to, you know, punch their ticket into the Big 12 championship game. Uh, and I will say getting a, a Jayhawk tattooed on your butt cheek, it's not get more literal skin in the game than that. Yeah, so. literally. He, he understands. I also think that game's going to be sloppy. I don't think it's going to be a very pretty game at all. I think it's going to be a lot of, lot of penalties and a lot of bad defensive coverage being blown somewhere. 
Uh, moving on down the list here, we've got uh, Texas Tech, who actually, you know, trending upward a little bit more than than a lot of these, you know, teams that finished right around 500. Uh, Texas Tech in the Texas Bowl take at seven and five, taking on Ole Miss at eight and four. Uh, Tech, uh, it, it, you know, really showed some life in Joey McGuire's first year. You know, that's typically it feels like Tech's mo for years is they always start, you know, four and zero, five and zero, and then just completely flare out to end the year. Yeah, they kind of seem to reverse course this year and actually ended on three straight wins to get to get the seven and five. I mean, yeah, it seems like McGuire's got things headed in the right direction there. Do you, can can they get that eighth win in this bowl game? You know, I hope so. And they haven't won a bowl game since I think '79, so I, I, I'm rooting for them this year. I I just don't know. There's a lot of good players, a lot of young good players on that Ole Miss team. That Junkins uh, running back that they've got there, he's he's incredible. I think he'll be a 2,000 yard rusher before things are all said and done. Uh, but I, I like Ole Miss a lot, and I think Tech, like you said, is is uh, is moving up, is trending up. But I, I just don't think they're there yet. I think you give them one more year, they'll be an eight nine, maybe ten win team next year. I just think they're they're real close. They got some more recruits coming these last few days as well, right before the uh, early signing period. So that one, uh, that is the second of a impromptu doubleheader. KU will kick off at four thirty on the twenty eighth, and then Tech will immediately follow at eight p.m. Uh, Ole Miss, a three and a half point favorite in that one. Like I said, there's a lot of these lines are pretty close, but almost none of them actually favor the Big 12. No. And this next one, this, excuse me, this next one's pretty interesting. It would have been a hell of a matchup about 20 years ago. Uh, the, uh, Cheez It Bowl, uh, on the 29th, 4.30 p.m. in Orlando, Oklahoma at six and six against Florida State at nine and three. And again, that just reeks of like NCAA football 2002 yeah. to me when I hear yeah. those, when I hear that matchup. But, uh, you know, Brent Venable's first year in Norman, I don't think went how anyone thought it would go. You know, it was a pretty blah season by anyone's standards, but basically a catastrophic season by Oklahoma standards. Yeah. Um, and this, it, 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 you, you can't make this sound right, but Oklahoma's actually trying to avoid its first losing season since the end of the John Blake era in 1998. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, what, what do you see here? I got Florida State as a nine and a half point favorite, one of the biggest spreads of any Big 12 bowl game. What do you, what do you think's going to happen here? Uh, I think it'll be a blowout. I'll be honest. Uh, I don't like OU, but I mean, looking at it with any unbiases possible, I, Florida State's a good football team. I mean, they were they were went away from being being a top ten team for sure because they they were a point away from beating LSU at the beginning of the year, and so it it, it well not a point away, a point away from tying it. Let me rephrase that. But um, you know, they 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 have a lot of talent. Um, it, I think Jordan Travis just announced he was coming back as well. I, I think he just signed another NIL deal with uh, somebody down there in Tallahassee, so I think he might have an extra year down there. Um, OU's got talent, but not enough talent, um, and they're bringing a lot in. That Jackson Arnold kid scares me a lot as an Oklahoma State fan, and I'm glad he's going to get out get out of the conference very quickly. I think you might be feeling the same way because I'm not sure how anybody stops that kid based off what I saw in te- down in the Texas championship. But, um, but yeah, I, I just don't think OU's very good this year. As weird as that sounds for anybody that loves the uh, city of Norman, it's just they're just not good this year, and that's how it's got to be. So, and you know, as an Oklahoma State guy, what was it like watching them not only have the season they had, but then watch you know Lincoln Riley have USC on the cusp of a of a playoff appearance, and then to watch you know uh, to watch Caleb Williams ho- uh, hoist that Heisman Trophy? It didn't bother me. I was weirdly rooting for him because it made all my OU fans, or OU friends, even more mad. To be sure. honest with you, I, it, it was like a win for me every time they won, even though OSU was having a down season as the season went on. Uh, and then, you know, it, it seemed like OU fans were were excited 
for Mason Cobb to go to uh, USC. He just committed there, the linebacker from Oklahoma State, actually. Um, and everyone was, was expecting OSU fans to turn on Lincoln Riley, but it, it seems like they're kind of rooting for it. A lot of people are all on the side of Lincoln Riley as opposed to OU. So, I mean, OU, it was cool to see them lose. It was cool to see them get blown out, but uh, it didn't matter because they blew us out at the end of the year. So, Yeah, that uh, that that uh, Bedlam game pretty well over the minute it started. I mean, it was, what, 28 nothing like, by the end of the first quarter, I think? Like, it was yeah. – Jake and I went to three away games this year. We went to the Oklahoma State TCU game, the Oklahoma State K State game, and the Oklahoma OU game or Oklahoma State OU game. And all three of them just were one was incredibly dramatic, and the other two were like, "Let's go home before it even ends." Yeah, you got collectively what maybe three good quarters of football between those three games. Maybe I mean TCU, we were up by twenty at half it's the, or yeah. at the first quarter, but that's it, man. Yeah, two of those three came in that game for sure. But anyway. Um, Moving on down the list here, this is probably the first one that's really a victim of uh, of, of an opt out. Uh, we've got Texas, who finished the year at eight and four, taking on ten and two Washington in the Alamo Bowl, uh, December 29th, eight p.m. in San Antonio. Uh, you know, obviously, this one probably lost some of its luster when Bijan Robinson announced, you know, he was going to sit it out, uh, you know, and uh, to, to get ready for the draft. Obviously, Texas's rushing attack is still plenty potent. You know, I think Roshan Johnson would probably start on a lot of teams in yeah. and of himself. So, I mean, by no means does that really, you know, that doesn't make their offense a farce by any means. But I mean, you know, can can they hang with that? Can they hang with this Washington team without Bijan? Uh I don't know. I, Quinn Ewers, for as good as he as talented as he is, the amount of times I watched that guy overthrow a receiver this year, it it, it was like a little concerning because at the beginning, you're like, oh, like this happens, you're working on timing, and then as the season went on, it just continued to happen. I just I I don't see it, and I I don't know why Vegas sees it. You know, Vegas has him as a four point favorite right now, and I don't I don't really understand why, other than I guess maybe this is before they really get into Bijan being out and that line really moving a lot. But I mean, we saw that in the K State. Alabama game that how quickly that changed and I, I I just don't know I I think that they're gonna have a good I think this will be a good game don't get me wrong but I I really do see Washington kind of running away with this one at the end probably a ten point victory by the end of the game a little last second touchdown to just make it a little sweeter. So believe it or not, this is actually one of the few games where the Big Twelve team is favored. We've got Texas as a four point is, favorite. It's so odd. I don't understand that one. Yeah, but. it uh you know, I'm I don't know. I've if if uh, sports betting becoming legal in Kansas has taught me anything, it's that <laughs> I don't know anything about any of it anyway. So That's fair. uh yeah, I've you know, I've kind of quit questioning the line. Other than to say anytime I'm confused by a line, that tends to be when Vegas was within, you know, a point oh, of it anyway. So, right on it. Yeah, they're always right on it. Yeah. I don't know. But man. uh okay, moving on down the list here. I'm actually going to jump around a little bit. We'll we'll save yeah. the best for last with K-State yeah. here, but uh <laughs> you know, we'll we'll go ahead and look at the uh the playoff matchup here in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, that will be New Year's Eve at 3 p.m. in Tempe. Uh, TCU coming off its only loss of the year, uh, taking on undefeated Michigan, coming off that uh, Big Ten championship game. Um, you know, I don't think we can understate how how incredible of a season it's been for TCU, for them to, uh, uh, you know, pretty well run the table in the Big 12 up to the Big 12 championship game in Sonny Dykes' first year. You know, an incredible comeback story by, by Max Duggan to uh, – you know, essentially get benched at the beginning of this season even. You know, he dealt with the heart defect and everything. Uh can he keep this thing rolling? You know, does he do they do they have any more magic in the tank here? I I think so, and I think 
I, I really believe TCU fans think so as well. With all these recruits that they're getting as well, we talk about all the transfers and stuff. They just got uh, JoJo Roberts, Robinson from Alabama. They've got a couple more guys coming in. It it seems like TCU's trending up. Sonny Dykes is doing an incredible job. I think that that loss put a bad taste into TCU's mouth. And I think I think this that'll be the thing that catapults them over Michigan. I mean, and don't get me wrong, Michigan is a very very good football team, but TCU's battle tested. They've been there before. They they've seen a bunch of good teams. They've gone on the road and beat a bunch of good teams. Michigan, of course, you know they went into the big house and beat Ohio State. But other than that, man, you look at Michigan's schedule. And we talked about this on the podcast. There's not a whole lot going on for them there. So you you expect a, an offense, especially an offense like this, you expect an offense to punch them in the in the mouth, dude. It'll be TCU. I think TCU gets up to a lead early and, and hopefully holds on to it for dear life because their defense can do it. Their defense has what it takes, but uh, their offense has got more than enough to, to win them a championship. I'm glad you said it because, honestly, I, I think that every year I feel like, you know, there's this national obsession with the Big Ten that you take away about three, maybe four schools in any given year and, it just doesn't seem to be a ton there. You know, then, yeah, I think if you want to look at like the Big 12, I feel like it's a pretty solid conference top to bottom, but some of these other leagues are just so incredibly top heavy and I feel like the the top heavy schools are the ones that benefit from it. But it, it just it's just crazy. I don't know how they do it and I, I mean if you the Big 10 West is a joke, man. It's an absolute joke and for some reason they love the Big 10 in the big, in the national media. Yeah, well what was it? I think Indiana ended up playing for the Big 10 championship this year. Uh, I, be- I believe so. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was Purdue. It was Purdue that did it. Well, and said right there, that tells you that I can't even remember. You know, so yeah, that, I mean, that's probably telling in and of itself. And one of the but schools- you know, I guess one more thing before I move on yeah. to K State's game here. Uh, the Big Twelve has yet to win a playoff game. You know, that's not something that we've actually seen happen. I know Baker Mayfield had Oklahoma on the cusp of it one time, I think against maybe Georgia. Yeah. But other than that, you know, any time the Big 12's been here, they've pretty well been embarrassed. I mean, what would that mean for the conference to, you know, finally get over that hump and represent in the national championship game? I think that would be a, I think that would be a good thing for the conference because it's not OU. I think OU's been there time and time again, and now they're leaving. If they were to win it, it'd be like, oh, like that's great for you, but it doesn't help the conference out. Now sure. it's a team that's staying and a team that's really trying to catapult into national coverage year in and year out with all these recruits in this season as well. It, it's it. This would be a big deal for the conference, I think, because it'll it'll put them a little more on the map. It it seemed like, and around here we talked about it, once OU and Texas left, it seemed like OSU should hold the reins of the conference for whatever reason. That's kind of been the national or not national, but around here, the, the recency bias everything. And now that we're seeing TCU and we're seeing K-State take these jumps, it's like, oh, like this conference has an opportunity to be very, very good over the next few years. So I think a TCU win here would do very good things leading into next season with everything going on. And I would like to think or at least hope that, you know, every fan base in the conference is going to be pulling for these guys. Where you say yeah. if it were New oh. York or Texas, I don't think anyone in their in their right mind would be pulling for it. So. Yeah. Uh, Michigan, a seven and a half point favorite, but I think, yeah, we're all, we're all going to be pulling for the frogs that day. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into, uh, the, you know, maybe the biggest bowl game K-State's ever played in and certainly against maybe the most marquee opponent they've ever played. Uh, you know, coming off of that, uh, big 12 champion, big 12 championship game, they will be taking on Alabama on New Year's Eve, 11 a.m. in New Orleans in the Sugar Bowl. Um, Probably the biggest headline going into the game is that Bama had nobody opt out. Certainly caught me off guard a little bit. I think it caught pretty much everybody off guard. So K-State will be getting a full-strength Bama team. They will be seeing, you know, a potential number one draft pick in Bryce Young. You know, they'll have Will Anderson will be lining up at defensive end. So um, what do you see here? And, you know, I guess the the other question, you know, even with Bama at full strength, 
you know, this tends to be when they, when they're the most vulnerable in bowl games, you know, when they're not playing for a national championship, you know, we've seen Oklahoma come out and destroy them before. We've seen Utah come out and destroy them before in these situations. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily anticipate a blowout one way or the other, but I mean, how motivated is Bama going to be even with, even, even with their big guns out there? I, this is, uh, and, and I think this is almost obvious. This is going to be my favorite bowl game I'm going to watch outside of the final four this year because it, 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 nobody's opting out. This is exactly what college football wants. No opt outs. Everybody playing for their school. Uh, man, I, I have no idea. I, one part of my mind is saying, oh, Alabama's going to run right through K-State. And then another part of me is saying, I've seen K-State play twice this year and they're incredible when they're on. So I, I have no idea. If Deuce Vaughn can get out, oh, like they're going to have, Alabama's going to have a lot of trouble. And then that, man, Malik Knowles is good too. I, I could, I could talk myself into a K-State victory. Will Howard will start this game. And so I, I think it'll be a very interesting situation. And then with Bama, nobody, nobody transferring or nobody like opting out. It'll, it'll all come down to who really wants it more. It'll be a, it'll be a fun bowl game to end the year for a, a lot of reasons. So I'm, I'm excited for that one. 11 a.m. You wake up, get ready for the final four with a K-State Bama game. You couldn't ask for a whole lot more than New Year's Eve. You know, you uh, you mentioned Will Howard. I don't think anyone, even probably within the K-State locker room, would tell you that Will Howard would come in and lead these guys to a Sugar Bowl. I mean, he was – there was definitely a collective groan when he would come onto the field at any point before this season. So for him, you know, you kind of go back to that game in Fort Worth earlier this year. Martinez goes out early, and Howard comes in and just immediately lights up the scoreboard. And, you know, I'm with my brother-in-law at the time, who's also a K-State grad, and we're looking at each other like, are you kidding me? Like, what am I missing here? And he has just never slowed down. You know, I mean, I mean, by like, if you look at the numbers, I mean, and you look at just what he's done, you know, it, since taking over full-time, he's been one of the best in the country in that span. And it's right. not a small sample size at this point. You know, he's yeah. he's played considerable snaps in basically half of K-State's games this year. You know, I guess just – it being in that situation, you know, you could, it's, you know, it's not, not uncommon to what you guys had coming into the year with Spencer Sanders, where, you know, like he'll be back next year with, you know, quite a bit of weapons around him. I just, how, how excited does that make you for, you know, the future of a program knowing you've got a proven quarterback coming into the year? Well, the issue with Spencer Sanders is, is we kind of seen what he is for a long time and we were hoping he'd make that jump and then never did. But with Will Howard, like, that that is a very big sign, you know. You're expecting an Adrian Martinez stopgap, and then figure it out next year. But then, you know, Will Howard got an opportunity and really just took it as far as he could go. Uh, this is, you know, I, I'm I'm excited to see what K State does next year. Malik Knowles will be back, right? As it stands, no, he has a COVID year available, yeah, but does, I don't believe yeah. he's expected to take it. Uh, yeah, I, I would. He'll get. He'll get. He'll get picked up somewhere, probably later in the rounds. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. There's a lot going on for K-State as well. You guys, uh, I mean, you guys might sign uh, Thomas Hopper, Harper, the uh, safety from Oklahoma State. He tweeted uh-huh. out about you guys. I don't know if he'll go there. I honestly don't know if that would be good for you guys either. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Thomas Harper. But this, again, speaks to the Big 12, the things happening for the Big 12 that are that are pushing towards them being better than what everybody was expecting when OU and Texas leaves. I, I think K-State's going to be in a good position coming into next year with, with a quarterback that knows what to do. And a game against Bama, win or loss, is very good for, you know, for their track record moving forward. Absolutely. You know, I think that's that's probably the biggest thing to take away here. Guys, we're filming this uh, Tuesday afternoon on the eve of signing day here and Kleiman yeah. Is putting together maybe the best recruiting class K State's had in over a decade, and I don't yeah. think that's hyperbole in saying that. I mean, I think Kleiman is setting this up for actual sustained success, which it's been a while since K State's been able to say that. But let's go ahead and reel it back a little bit, and I am going to put you on the spot. What uh, 
What what do you think the final score is in New Orleans? Jeez, man. Um, it could go one of two ways. I'll, I'll go with the way of the Big 12 because I love the Big 12 more than anything. I'll, oh, I'm going to say 54 to 45 K-State win. Oh, Just my goodness. A lot of points. I love points. I don't like defense. Will Anderson was a little disappointing this year, I'll be honest. And I think if Will Howard can sling the rock around, I'm 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 in for a, a shootout in New Orleans. You guys heard it here. Uh, we're looking at a hundred point game in New Orleans. I, I love that. <laughs> All right, Calvin, man, really appreciate you taking the time. Again, that was Calvin Johnson of the Three Man Rush podcast. Check him out. Give him a follow on Twitter at number three man rush FB. Calvin, thanks again, man. Absolutely, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Guys, I definitely appreciate Calvin's optimism for sure. I don't know that we'll see that many fireworks, but uh, I do think that K-State could definitely go out there and surprise some people. Um, you know, I know we want Bama has kind of become the trope or like the running joke around college football over the last several years, but now K-State's one of the few teams who can actually say we got Bama, so interested to see what they do with it. If you're looking for a litmus test, you know, it's hard to think of a better way to find out, you know, where you stack up against some of the nation's best and Bama, you know, even even in a down year for them, they're they're definitely no joke, and you're going to be getting them at full strength. So yeah, let's go out see, go out there and see if we can shock the world. Uh, keep an eye out next week. Uh, Jeff and I will get into a Sugar Bowl preview and dive a little bit deeper into the matchup and go on record with our uh, you know our score predictions. But until then, uh, hope everybody has an awesome Christmas. Uh, you know, enjoy this bowl slate, uh, Big Twelve or otherwise. It's always a little bit easier to enjoy these games leading up to New Year's Eve when you've. Uh, you know, when you're riding the high of a conference title and you've got, you know, maybe your biggest bowl game and program history on the line here. Until then, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up the way we always do. Cats, man, if you know, you know. Let's go bowling. <laughs>